going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody. What is going on, everybody? Happy New Year. It is 2023. Uh, We made it. We're here. We are doing an episode, which about 30 seconds ago, folks, (laughs) it was looking a little rough, but we're here. First episode of the year. We're so excited. Uh, Drew, I'm excited to see you, man. I mean, other than poloing, this is probably the most uh, I get to see you in a week. So how's everything going? How's your guys' new year? Don't make it weird, Cody. It's always weird. I'm just just kidding. Uh, No, it's going well, man. Um, It's just been kind of busy, starting to get back into regular day life. Um, Singer West had uh, the girls basketball team had a uh, game on uh, or yesterday. We're recording this on Wednesday, so they had a game yesterday. And then I got Mm -hmm. what happened to me? There we go. (laughs) Boys basketball. Um, and, um, they're playing on Friday. So I, I got an, another game with them. So it's all looking, uh, all looking real good. You know, going back to, uh, well, my daughter's going to go back to school next week. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how that goes. And my in-laws have been, uh, at, on a cruise. Oh, okay. So it's just been me and my wife kind of holding down the fort right now. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I realized that if I were a father of, five um i would you know probably leave i wouldn't stay well (laughs) first off first off there are two of them are adults that are there with you i'm assuming you're talking about your brothers-in-laws right that are yes yes, yeah so they're also adults so just keep that in mind speaking of school did you listen to the polo i sent you a couple of days ago about what i did to Haley? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So for those that don't know, (laughs) so in our school district, school is supposed to start on the 9th. I got my daughter up really early on Tuesday. The uh, I think it was the third third. And we we got ready, did our thing, listened to her whine, got her ready, drove all the way to the campus to find out that they don't start school until the 9th. So for all you dads out there, (laughs) I have a early lead for father of the year. So I'm just letting you guys know that I'm off, off to a roaring start. And then all I heard on the drive home from school was, Dad, I told you so. Dad, I told you so. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, I was thinking that's probably not. And I was thinking, girl, I can do this all over again tomorrow morning if you want. So don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got to go to school. You know, funny thing. Uh, I have a quick funny story. So my because uh, this is a long time. This is when I was like junior high. Um, and my cousin, we were over at his house and like we all we had a, a big like family get together. Well, my cousin was really tired. I think he was like hanging out with friends the night before or something. I don't remember why, but he was like super tired. So he went to bed early. So we let him sleep for like, he was probably asleep for a good four hours. Uh Um, And this is nighttime. So we were just all hanging out kind of late. And um, so my, my uncle decided he was like, Hey, I'm going to go wake up. He's I'm going to go wake up uh, Robbie, my, my cousin. And um, we were like, you should tell him that it's school, you know, and (laughs) just kind of like, we were just joking around and he's like, Oh yeah, this is a good idea. And I was like, Oh, okay. So he wakes up, they wake him up and he was like, all right, Robbie, it's time to get ready for school. So Robbie drags himself into the kitchen, pours himself a bowl of cereal we can we hear it because the the kitchen is separate from the living room. It's, the, it's like it's closed off by uh-huh. a wall, 
and then there's like two openings on the side. So he can't really see us, but you can see outside. <laughs> like, and it was dark outside. So we were kind of laughing and you can hear us all laughing. Like we're, we're kind of chuckling, but apparently he said he thought it was like the TV or something because there's like 16 of us in this house. It's not like, you know, there's like three uh-huh. of us in there. So we're all laughing. And so Robbie, then he goes back in his room, he gets dressed and then he brushes his teeth. We're dying. I mean, we're dying at this point. He is literally getting ready for school. He grabs his backpack. He comes out into the living room. He's like, what's everyone doing here? And we're like, Hey, we, we just didn't leave, man. He was like, Oh, okay. And he's literally about to go outside. And finally my uncle, his dad was like, Robbie, we were just messing with you, man. He was so mad. <laughs> he was so mad about that. And we all died. It was the funniest thing I have ever seen in my life. It was so funny. We were just laughing so hard. He was, the poor guy was showered, got got <laughs> dressed, got his backpack, made sure he had everything, ate breakfast. I mean, the poor guy was ready to go. It was so funny. This must have been like a 45-minute process all just to find out. Oh, yeah. Just- yeah. We're all having a conversation while he's getting ready. And like when he comes in, we all kind of get quiet so we can hear what he's doing. And then like we'll hear him like pour the bowl of cereal. We're laughing. <laughs> we're all start laughing. And he doesn't think anything of it. We're like, dude, you must have been really tired because we were not quiet. <laughs> that's, that's too good. Anyways, that was my little so, school story. So it was yeah. interesting. So that reminded me of that. It reminded me of, uh, when you were telling me that on Marco Polo. I was like, oh, that reminds me of when we mess with my cousin. So, <laughs> all right, Cody. Well, let's get into it. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Obviously, sports wise, playoffs are coming soon. Um, you know, fantasy football is basically wrapping up here. And I, I know there's a lot of people. Well, I know at least on our side, there's some people who are a little upset about uh, how the championship went down mm-hmm. uh, because of what happened with uh, the Bengals and Bills. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But you know, just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy what happened. Um, and I think um, we need to start off the show with this. Um, I'm sure every other show is doing the same thing, but um, it's it's a noteworthy topic. It was a scary thing. Um, for those of you who don't know, or if you do know, I mean, Damar Hamlin, we've all heard, um, you know, made a tackle on T. Higgins. Um, looked like a routine play, didn't look anything out of the ordinary. Uh, he stood up after the tackle and then in about a couple of seconds after he stood up, he completely collapsed, looked lifeless. And in fact, he was, we found out that he went into cardiac arrest. Um, the medical, um, people that were there, the first responders, um, uh, gave him CPR, uh, did an AED on him. Um, revived him, sent him to the hospital. Um, The latest update that I've seen so far is um, it does look promising. He still is technically in critical condition. So, you know, cautiously optimistic is what the doctors are really saying right now. Uh, But scary thing. Um, I don't, Cody, I don't know if you watched the game. Um, I wasn't watching it. I just heard about it on Twitter. Uh, My wife actually found it. I wasn't even really into the game because, um, at that point, um, you know, fantasy football wise or anything like that, I just I wasn't invested at at that, at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and um, you know, I was I 
first thing that went through my head is I'm, you know, I'm glad I, you know, I hope, well, first thing that went through my head is, man, I hope he's okay. That's, that's wild. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought it was going to be some crazy play and my wife sent it to me and it looked like a routine play, man. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it was very scary. Um, I'm glad I wasn't watching it, especially with my kids. Um, that would be a hard conversation to discuss that, you know, this game is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be. Um, this is one of those things that is a fluke thing. You, it doesn't happen hardly ever. You know, you, you rarely see that. But when it does, um, it does make you think a little bit. And it brought up a couple of questions um, from me. Um, and we'll, I think we'll get into that in a second. But, Cody, I mean, what was your uh, first initial thoughts on it? So on Monday when it was uh, being broadcasted, I actually was – just watching it on my, um, on my, I have two monitors in my workstation. So I was watching the game on one monitor and I was working on some stuff for the show on my actual laptop. And I didn't think much of it. And just to your point, it wasn't like it was a crazy, scary play or anything like that. It was a basic routine tackle where I got to be honest, I wasn't even paying attention to the play when it happened. And to be truthful, I don't even know what the play was, um, that, you know, that, uh, might've even caused the injury that we didn't know about at the time. And so I opened up Twitter to see, you know, obviously what was happening. Um, and then I still had the game playing on in the background. And then it got to the point where I think it was Joe Buck had mentioned that, uh, it looks like the medical personnel now is performing CPR. And when he said that it was like, whoa, like I think hearing yeah. that they were performing something that is kind of supposed to be taught in emergency situations being performed, you know, at that moment for an emergency purpose. And, you know, I've all, I've seen injuries where players have gotten their legs snapped, ankle broken, um, you know, whatnot. And some of their teammates or other team or other players just look away. Cause maybe they just, you know, can't handle the, a gruesome scene, which there's nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, how people react to it. But, you know, when they were administering the CPR, then they defibbed him to kind of revive him. That was when everyone's emotion changed and when it seemed more real. So when I went back onto Twitter to see what was going on, they, they did finally, I saw, I think where the play was and you're a hundred percent right, Drew, it was just a routine I mean, I think Bart Scott was a little outrageous when he claimed that T Higgins led with his helmet and it was his fault that it caused it. And it wasn't, it was just, you know, uh, Hamlin made a, a routine tackle and it didn't seem like much, but it caused a lot of problems. And I think what is echoing now throughout the NFL is a routine play is literally could be, I don't want to make it sound extreme life or death, but you know, you never know certain plays like that could easily, you know, do something. We've seen players on kickoffs get injured or paralyzed or Ryan Scherzer is, uh, is the most notable one that comes to mind where I think it was on, I can't remember if it was a defensive player or a, a kickoff where he, uh, had a bruised spinal cord and essentially was paralyzed temporarily. And he's still working his way back to walk normally, you know, and it's been a long road and he yeah. had to retire, think a couple of seasons ago officially, but you know, that was on a freak play. This was just a routine play. And I think, you know, what makes it tough is it's always been in the back of everyone's mind that it could happen. And then this just, and, and it couldn't have happened. I don't want to say at the, 
at a, it's not a great time to ever happen, but it's a crazy time for it to happen on national television, ESPN for millions upon millions to watch. It's not like it was on a local bills or Bengals network that it played on. This was on ESPN streaming on, you know, their website. You know, if you got cable that gets ESPN, you're watching it like millions upon millions are watching this primetime game, which to be honest, I was invested in it just because like there was a lot of playoff implications and, you know, it was a great game to, I was assuming that we could watch to talk about on the show. And then that happens and rightfully so this should be at the forefront because I know this is one of the questions you'll pose, but it'll lead to a lot of questions of what's, you know, going to happen in the future, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to, uh, Demar Hamlin. Hopefully he, you know, comes too quickly. I, I know that uh, doctors are monitoring him. The NFL has been really good about keeping up with the family. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, NFL personnel or players have reached out. Uh, I believe he had a GoFundMe like toy drive that has soared up to like 5 million in donations, which is great. So, yeah. I mean, that may be a little small positive light in this. And then also to just hearing that he's in critical condition still, but he's improving, you know, little by little, which is good. That's a positive sign. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, but just continually, continuously thinking about him, his family, and, you know, hopefully when he comes to and wakes up and, is able to go home. That'll be a day that we can celebrate, but it's definitely a scary thing for something that didn't seem scary at the moment. So definitely make sure you put things in perspective on what's important, what's not important. And, uh, it was definitely a interesting sight to see on Monday. Yeah. Um, and you, you said thoughts and prayers and, and I know a lot of people are now starting to get to the point of, well, you know, prayers, what, what can that do actually do something? Um, you know, I'm not a, a big time religious person, by any means, but I have seen, I mean, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor, so I've been around that stuff. Um, I've seen prayers work. I've seen the power that it can be in it. At least if anything else, it's a uniter for a lot of people. And, um, I think at a time like this, I don't think to say thoughts and prayers is, is something that's a negative thing. I mean, you know, Twitter's a toxic place, so, yeah. you know, take this with a grain of salt because I'm sure it's just a few people on Twitter uh, who are being very loud. But um, when people say that, I, I encourage you, if you are listening to this, to not demean it or say, this is stupid, this doesn't make any sense, why would you even say that? Like, it, prayer does work, in my opinion. Uh, and a lot of people in this country fully believe in that. Um, and a lot of the times the families of the person, that's all they can ask you to do is pray. Keep them in your thoughts. Keep them in your prayers. So um, I just want to say that because you, you kind of said it and it kind of made me think like I've, I've seen a lot of people like, what, well, why don't you actually make some actions? Well, some people aren't fortunate enough mm -hmm. to do other things. Some people are just this is all they can do. And to me, it, it means a lot. So um, I get that out there. Yeah. Um, but I did have some questions about it, um, uh, about what happened. And I've seen a lot of people were a little upset about the NFL not immediately canceling the game. My 
the way what I took from it, and then I'm going to shoot it to you, Cody, was mm-hmm. I felt like the NFL did the right thing. Wait to see if Demar Hamlin was okay. Um, see if there's he could have he could have been dead. Like we could have seen someone die on the field, mm-hmm. and kind of we did, but we saw them revive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, shout out to the first responders, yeah. any first responder. Um, that's just a tough job to, to have to do. Um, but, um, you know, I felt like the NFL did the right thing and not just immediately go, oh, we need to cancel this game. Like, yeah, of course you would like them to immediately say it. But at the same time, like, you have to go through c- certain channels. I'm sure someone on ESPN had to get on the phone with Roger Goodell and Roger Goodell had to get on the phone with probably some board members or some of the owners and be like, Hey, what do you guys think? What should we do? So I'm sure there were conversations going on before they decided, okay, we are going to cancel it. I don't think the NFL for one second thought, Oh, let's, let's play this game. I think they just had to go through some proper channels, had to make sure that everyone was on the same page. And also I think, like most of us, when you see it happen, your first response was, God, I hope that guy's okay. I hope he's fine. And I'm sure the NFL was doing the same thing. God, I hope he's okay. Not God. I hope we can finish this game. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, wouldn't that be a little more insensitive? So that's kind of what I took at, uh, took from it. I understand the outrage, but I also don't think it's that big of a deal because I do think the NFL handled it right. I think they were trying to go through the proper channels I think they finally got through the proper channels, and they were trying to make sure that Demar was was going to be at least um, alive, yeah. <laughs> you know. Because who, at that point, when he fell, no one cared about the game, no one. Um, so that was just my opinion. I don't know, Cody. I mean, did the NFL do the right thing in your opinion? Well, I mean, ultimately, they did make the correct decision, which was suspend the game until further notice, and then you know when you get more information, you make the best decision possible, which to be truthful, I mean, if it's easy, it's easy for us now to look at it in a bird's eye view and just judge on what we would say, you know, and I know that sometimes we give our opinions that's unwarranted and we're not experts. We make that very clear. This is just a, a thing that we like to do and talk about. We're not in the niche. We're not, you know, we're not on the field, so to speak, or anything like that. But What I will say, though, is if this was anybody else that was put in a predicament to make a decision, I mean, how many times have we seen a player go down, they're surrounded, they get taken, then they give us a sign that they're okay, and then it makes everyone else feel okay to then continue. And again, I think a lot of this decision-making changed drastically, and quicker decisions had to be made um, in stressful times when you know, the first responders, like to your, what you said, were having to revive him on the field. They weren't eat, like, I heard Joe Buck say that the, the personnel tried picking him up. Then they had to put him right back down to then administer the CPR to revive him before they can even put him in the ambulance. So it's not like they can just, you know, quickly get him off the field and then let's make a decision. No, for his safety and his health, they had to make sure that he was responsive. Okay. Attend to him first and then move on. Um, and obviously, you know, the NFL has no idea what's going on. So to, for them to make a decision in 30 seconds to say, oh, this player went down, there's medical personnel, let's cancel the game. So I get it on the NFL's perspective. Like you can't make a really radical decision that quickly. Um, 
obviously they didn't have a whole lot of information coming to them. And it sounded like to me that just the broadcast team wasn't getting their information fast enough from the NFL, but the NFL was in contact with the right people, like the family of DeMar Hamlin, the medical uh, personnel to figure out what's going on. And then we'll suspend the game temporarily and then come back with the decision when we have more information. But you know, whether it was, timely or not i think the appropriate thing though was just to ultimately suspend it once information came out and then we're finding out today that the coaches made it clear that they had no intentions on continuing to play just because of the severity and the and uh you know the traumatic event that happened and i think that's okay it's really hard for me to assume that i'm going to know what the nfl did correctly in a timely matter because i don't know you know i i oversee uh staff because i manage them but we're all going to have a different opinion on what should or shouldn't happen and it's really tough to say oh they were wrong for this right for that so i think they made the right decision ultimately now whether that was timely or not who knows but you know they they did the best they could with the information they were getting at the moment and that's all you can ask for from the nfl it's not like they said all right we'll give you guys 30 minutes and go back out there no, they suspended the game. They're now even rescheduling the game is off the table, which is great. They're they're not even putting on pressure like that. You know, it, now had the NFL be putting on pressure of like, hey, we need to make up this game and move it along to like, you know, playing it tonight or whatever night in the future, then I would have an issue with that. But they're not even anticipating that they're going to do that. They that's not even on their mind. They're right now focusing on uh, Demar Hamlin, and that's the right thing to do. And they are trying to just do the best they can with the information that they get. So that's all we can do. That's all we can ask for from the NFL, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's focusing on the wrong things. I think everyone's focusing on, um, you know, did the NFL do it in time? I, I don't think at that moment it really mattered. I think it mattered if DeMar was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, people are focusing on, oh, well, T Higgins, as you said kind of earlier, T Higgins, you know, he did this, this is his problem. Like there was a, there was a video of T Higgins with his mom and he's like literally like barely hanging on to her, um, Mm -hmm. trying not to collapse himself because he felt so guilty. And it's like, okay, it's, it wasn't his intention to, kill someone like he's not he wasn't thinking like he's just thinking a football play a football move um i don't think he led with his helmet i think that's i think that's bogus in itself i think he was just going down bracing himself for a tackle and he just hit damar in the right spot at the right time um i'm not pretending to be any kind of uh medical expert so i'm not going to you know say oh this this happened or that happened or whatever like i'm i don't know I don't know. I can only go off from what I've heard. Um, but um, at the same time, you know, we're, we're focusing on the wrong things. And even Jamar Hamlin's dad uh, came out and said, like, stop the hate of T. Higgins. Like, <laughs> all right. So, um, you know, I just I just think everyone was focusing on the wrong things. And listen, it's all about how Demar is. And um, so far, some optimism is is there but you know again cautiously optimistic is is probably the best word to describe his situation right yeah but uh this brings up another question cody that i was kind of curious of what you feel does the nfl need to change um 
maybe rules, maybe the way they play. <coughs> I don't know. I guess whatever whatever sounds better to you. But does the NFL need to make a change after this? Um. Well, I think they will. I don't know to what extent they'll change the rules based on this play. And, uh, you know, I've seen several different plays that I have even expressed to you, I think should be illegal or the rules should change. And one of them for the example is when, um, you know, when you're, when a defender is making a tackle and they kind of go from behind pull down and then they end up using their weight to like leverage them and they end up like, you know, their weight ends up fully on the defender's like knee or ankle. And then they're like pulling them back to bring them down. I think something like that should be outlawed. Um, just because I've seen so many broken ankles, torn ACLs, whatever the injury based on a play like that. And, and again, it's a, it's a tackle that the defender's trying to make, but because they're using their body weight to pull in a certain way. Um, I don't like that. I know that there's another one that I, um, I can't recall right now, but, there are certain ones that I know that I've seen several injuries happen that I think that the NFL should change, but there's also been numerous things that they have changed to protect the game. Currently, like you're not allowed to lead with your head anymore. Uh, a lot of like, they're now uh, throwing penalty flags and they're not allowing you to hit a receiver without letting them safely land to protect themselves. Like that's a good rule. Now, granted, do some players um, violate the rule? Yeah, they do. But uh, for the most part, that that does help. Um, you know, they also have taken out uh, on kickoffs. You're not allowed to make, uh, I forget what it's called, where you're supposed to hold hands and like make that defensive wall. Like you're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, so I think that they will make a change. What makes it tough is I don't know exactly what that change should be just because this was like a routine tackle. Um, you know, T Higgins, it doesn't look like to me that he intentionally led with his helmet. If anything, it looks like he was majority chest and Hamlin essentially used his body to absorb the take and then brought him down. And I don't know, was that a Hamlin fault then? I don't think so. I don't think it's a Higgins fault. I, I don't know what the NFL will do. Do I think in a few years we're going to see some more rule changes on maybe how tackling is done? Probably. And I'm sure that they'll come out with a new exercise to make that safer. Um, I mean, the NFL is already testing out in the Pro Bowl a flag football setup. Does that mean flag football now is going to be more prevalent in uh, the NFL? Maybe. I don't know. Because, because what we witnessed on national TV now try to convince young parents, single mothers, let's say single parents whose kid is begging to sign up for football. Now convince them to do that when a simple play nearly um, took this kid's life and not that he did anything wrong. Not that T Higgins, did anything wrong It's just a freak play that happened. And now you've got to convince that parent that that's not going to be your, their kid, you know? And I think the NFL will find a way to make it safer and, um, I don't know when the NFL or players will feel confident to continue to play the way it is. I just don't know what the safety change looks like today, but um, I do imagine that they probably will review to see what they can do. And uh, you know, you could expect certain safety measures, but with such a routine tackle play, I just don't know how you make it any more safer than that. I mean, 
again, to you, what you and I have said, it looked as safe as it can get routine to the letter. I mean, it wasn't egregious. It wasn't scary at the moment. What was scary is when he got up and then collapsed. Um, and we don't know if that's an underlying health thing. And we don't even know if the hit impacted that so much. It just freakishly happened. So, yeah. so what do you, what's your take on that? We are supported by FNX Fit. FNX is a workout and supplement company that is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality. FNX has high quality protein powders, creatine, and pre-workout supplements. FNX has also got amazing workout gear such as tees and tanks, an essential joggers line, and of course, shaker bottles. Not only is FNX Fit selling great products, but they have an even better message. FNX has launched their live program with every FNX order they are donating a portion of each product bought and helping deliver clean drinking water in countries of need. Go to the special link in the description below and use our promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you use our link. And don't forget, we become greater when we rise together. I mean, there needs to be a change, but I, I mean, I got to be honest. I, I don't know. I don't know what needs to change. Because exactly what you said, you know, we can take away certain tackling like this and like that, but eventually it's going to get to flag football and apparently that's wrong. But I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, I mean, eventually it's going to get there. Why not just do it? I mean, I know that's a very unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe. Listen, I played tackle football. Um, I never got seriously hurt. Okay. I, I, I never did. I was lucky. I was fortunate. Um, you know, I played receiver. I didn't play in the rules of where if you go up the middle, you basically can't get mm-hmm. hit. Uh, you were allowed to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just I had to make sure that I was a very aware person. You know, understood my surroundings, knew where where I was going at all times, knew what could happen, knew, uh, okay, there's this linebacker here. If I catch this ball here, how fast will it be? Well, how fast will it take him to get here? You know, I've seen him run. You know, is he going to get there in time before I catch the ball or exactly at the time I can? You know, those things go through your head. You have to think about that stuff. You know, hey, this safety, if he's if he's in a cover too, that means he's going to take the top off of me. So I got to figure out where I can go, where I can catch it before he can you know, swat it away or move away from the corner. You have to think of those things. So I was lucky enough to to never have a serious injury with that. Um, and, I mean, it's not like I was, you know, super talented. I mean, I played high school and that was it. Um, but, um, you know, these guys are bigger. They're faster. They're way stronger. Um, and... You know, it's only getting more and more dangerous. And I got to be honest, my wife has already told me, I want my son to play football, but my wife has already said, like, I don't want him playing tackle football. If he can, if he wants to play football, but it's flag football, that's fine. And you know what? How can I deny her? How can I say, oh, that's just a fluke thing? Like, Mm -hmm. it won't happen. Because I'm sure Damar Hamlin's family said the same thing. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we've all said the same thing. Oh, you know, that, that rarely happens. But what if it does? Mm-hmm. What if it does happen again and it happens to the person that you love? You're not going to be so keen on, well, you know, it, it sh- that was just whatever. Like, I'm sure they're like, man, I wish he didn't play football. Like, I'm sure they are right now, his family. So it's hard for me. 
especially with someone when you're talking about your kids, um, that's tough. I mean, if my son wants to play football, we're going to have to figure out, figure it out. I don't think we're going to be so bold to just deny him. But at the same time, you know, it depends on what happens from now until when he can play football. I mean, it really will. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. And I mean, you know, a lot of people say time heals all wounds. It's possible by the time my son plays and nothing else happens like that. Um, you know, maybe my wife will be a little bit more lenient, but maybe I don't want her to be, I mean, I don't know. So this is just a hard question. Um, I think there are going to be, I agree with you. I think there are going to be changes. Um, but here's the thing, everyone, I think you need to gear up that it could become flag football. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually encouraging because you're probably going to have more scoring. You're probably going to have, um, healthier guys and there's still going to be injuries, fluke injuries here and there, but it's not going to be as serious as maybe someone dying. Yeah. So, um, I just, I think that's where it eventually inevitably will be, will be going. Yeah. So, all right, Cody, let's take a break after all that. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about, um, some NFL, uh, football uh, that happened this past week in, in uh, future games. We are back. Um, so, Cody, um, although we're just talking about the glum side of the NFL, and I've heard some people say they should just cancel the rest of the season, they should cancel, you know, playoffs. Listen, if we know anything about the NFL, they're not going to cancel the playoffs. Yep. Uh, that is way too big of a revenue uh, stream. They, I mean, maybe week 18, but I, I doubt it mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, they're not going to cancel the playoffs. If they think about canceling a season, it'll be next season rather than this yeah. season. <laughs> um, so just a heads up for everyone who's saying that it's, it's not going to happen. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about, um, well, let's talk about our Raiders, Cody. I mean, I think we have to at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things that, look, they look good. Uh, they played well, minus the defense. Um, <laughs> again, yeah, seems to be a theme. <laughs> um, and uh, they ended up losing to the Niners. But listen... The big story, obviously, was the whole Derek Carr situation. Uh, Derek Carr was uh, benched for Jarrett Stenham. Uh, we went on an emergency podcast on here, and we're basically talking about that whole thing. Um, and for all intents and purposes, Jarrett Stenham looked good. He, mm-hmm. he played really well. Um, I don't think we need to um, try and be like, well, you know, Derek Carr is better. Like, listen, Jarrett Stenham looked good. He looked really good. He had a great game, probably uh, – actually, not probably. He had a better game than Derek Carr had all season long. Okay? He played really well. He ran when he needed to run. Uh, he threw the ball really well. Three touchdowns. He had a couple of rookie mistakes, but that's bound to happen because he doesn't really hasn't really seen any playing time, serious playing time like he did. So you expect him to make a few mistakes, and he made uh, a big mistake towards the end. Um, but I mean, it it was, it was nice to see it was, I'm not, I won't sugarcoat that at all. It was, it was good to see. It was, it was, um, a pleasant surprise. Um, I had no faith in Jarrett Stidham. I thought this was going to be a complete train wreck, but 
Also, I think it's fair to say the Niners defense really did not show up this week. I was watching it with my brother-in-law, who's a big 49er fan, and uh, we were watching it, and he was like, what is going on? And I was like, I'm wondering the same thing. (laughs) I was like, listen, right now, I was like, Neo, now it's only the first half. The second half is going to be a completely different story, coming from a guy who's watched the Raiders all season long. Um, So, But I was like, you're losing to the Raiders who also lost to the Rams who are worse than the Raiders. And yeah. I was like, I know, stop reminding me. <laughs> so, uh, we, well, I definitely had fun with it, but, um, all in all, I mean, let's be real. The Niners defense didn't show up. Stidham looked good. Uh, he really went to Devonte Adams a lot, which is a welcome sign. Um, you know, Renfro had a couple of big plays. Waller had a couple of big catches. So it was nice to see. I honestly, I don't think Jacobs was, Probably didn't play the best, but I don't really think it was necessarily on him. Um, but all in all, like, what were your thoughts on this game? And 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 moving forward, what do you kind of expect for the Raiders? So I don't expect very much for the Raiders, obviously, in their last game against the Chiefs. And actually, unfortunately, the Chiefs have something to play for. I think they're playing for the number one seed uh, in the AFC to get home field advantage. So I definitely think that, you know, Chiefs have already clinched the division. They've got a spot in the playoffs. Um, They're either going to be the second seed or the number one seed. And I think they're going for the one seed, which means the Raiders could have an absolute shellacking happen into them on. I think they're playing on Saturday or Sunday, whatever day of the week it is. It doesn't matter. It's, it's coming and it's going to be ugly. And uh, you know, I was texting you throughout the game because we were seeing a lot of plays and uh, a lot of scripts for Jarrett Stidham that we didn't see for Derek Carr, a lot of rollouts, bootlegs. Um, Some of the play calling actually made sense. And we were wondering why that wasn't around. So, and I think too, and I'll be completely honest with my, with me is I was being very protective, very uh, up in arms, upset on behalf of Derek Carr of like, why does this offense look really good moving the ball against a top five defense that a lot of people, including you and I have dubbed as one of the best defenses in the league. Um, when Derek Carr, it seemed like wasn't getting the same respect, like the same playbook or, you know, why wasn't he getting the adjustments or whatnots? And, you know, I think what I was getting defensive of is Jason, uh, Jason, excuse me, Jarrett Stenham was looking like a better quarterback than Derek Carr. And in how it made me feel was like, well, now not only did we disrespect Derek Carr by the way we treated him, but now this quarterback is making him look bad. So it's validating that decision. And we're now kind of keeping up with the 49ers. And so I'll be honest, I was a little apprehensive and upset about it. I did also have some fantasy implications regarding the 49ers defense. I needed them to do really well in the championship. (laughs) So some part of me was rooting for the 49ers to have a defensive game because I really needed that uh, in order to win. I didn't win. And uh, the defense did (laughs) not come through like I was hoping for. And it didn't help that the guy I was playing had majority of Raiders on his team and everybody on his team had a day. Uh, that played that uh, that was on the Raiders. So it didn't look great. So I did like the fact that we were moving the ball. I did like the fact that the run game was working. Uh, we rushed 
32 times for over 130 yards collectively. That was with, you know, Stidham, Bolden, Jacobs. Uh, now Stidham did throw two interceptions. Now again, costly interceptions, you know, situational stuff for however many starts he's had. I think this is his fourth season, but he's only had like a handful of starts. He played great against a really great 49ers defense and you couldn't have asked for him to do it any better. Um, so it's a great debut. Um, I did text you this though. Why does he look so good? And your response, I always forget is a plus like, well, now there's film on him. And so that could change. And again, the chiefs have something to play for and the chiefs put points on us very quickly. And what happens with the Raiders is the chiefs get out to a big lead. The Raiders then go to a one dimensional passing offense and the chiefs just basically get home. They rush, they drop, cover two majority of the time and the Raiders have a hard time moving the ball because the chiefs just, when they get the ball, they score and they put the pressure on and the Raiders then subsequently have to just keep it up. So I don't doubt that the same thing will happen when we play the chiefs, but I mean, we are now in a very interesting situation come the off season. And uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a loss is an expected loss um, looked better than we thought. But again, the same outcome though, you know, we get into overtime. We lost a double digit lead as what we've done all season. And uh, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't close it and uh, still making the same old Raider mistakes that we've made all season. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, there's, there's something that's very real that happens and, everyone's rookie year. There's something called a rookie wall. You hear it all the time. It's it's a very real thing in any sport. There's always a wall that a rookie hits. And what is it? It's always later in the year. Why? Because now teams have seen you for so many games, so many weeks. Now they're starting to see your little things that they can now pick up on and stop you from your success. Now the great ones get out of it. There's also something very real about what they call a sophomore slump. And it's not just because of, oh, now you've had a year in high school or college, you know, where you kind of get a little more loose. No, it's your sophomore slump is now you've had a one full year and now teams know what they can do to stop you. They probably had film on a game where they've stopped you and probably a game where you, they couldn't stop you. So how, what do we do to prevent that? Again, the great ones get out of it. The great ones get better and better every year. Sometimes even the great ones have a sophomore slump, but they work and improve and get better and better at their craft. Lamar Jackson is is one that I, I remember so quickly that his, his rookie year wasn't fantastic. He looked a little iffy. He only played a few games. So his second year was technically his rookie year looked great. His second year or his third year, really. His third year in the league, he got a little bit better. He made a few mistakes here and there. He shored those up and has gotten better every year since. So it can happen. You can have a bad, you can have, uh, you know, lesser numbers yet still improve. So I'm not saying that Jarrett Stidham can't do that. But what I am saying is I'm not going to judge him off the first game. The Niners defense wasn't all that great. Uh, the offense for a while, for uh, the Niners' offense for a while, was kind of stalemate 
at, at, at some points. And listen, without Debo Samuel, I mean, Brock Purdy couldn't hit George Kittle worth a lick, it seemed like. It was kind of weird. But we didn't stop Christian McCaffrey all game long. Yeah. I mean, all game long, we could not stop him. Uh, Purdy had, in the first half at one point, I think like towards the end of the second quarter, he had like 39 passing yards. Mm -hmm. And they were in the game still. It wasn't like we were like running away with it. So as much as we're saying, hey, the offense looked great, the defense was kind of stopping him, at the same time, we should have been well ahead. Now, I'm not putting that on Stidham. I'm not putting that on on uh, Josh McDaniels even. I'm actually putting that on the defense. I think the defense really kind of let us down in that game. Now, Jared Stidham looked great. He made a couple of mistakes that I kind of expected that he was going to make eventually, especially against this Niner defense. And he made, and it really wasn't even the Niners defense doing, it was just kind of him, to be perfectly honest. So, um, you know, there was, there was, uh, there was room for improvement. But it was... It was good. It was. It looked good. It was. It felt like how the offense should have been running um, all season long. To your credit, there was a lot of plays, a lot of quarterback rollouts yep. that Carr never ran. Now, I'm not going to speculate, but it felt like it was a shot at Carr. It was McDaniel saying, "I know what to do." I'm everyone keeps calling me that, you know, you're the scapegoat. So now I'm going to prove to you. And it was like, well, how come we couldn't run that with Carr? And I know everyone's argument is, well, Carr doesn't run. He never runs. Blah, blah, blah. Carr will run when he has mm-hmm. to. And if you call a rollout, he'll roll out. It's not like he doesn't. Does he prefer to stay in the pocket? Yes, mm-hmm. he does. Peyton Manning did too. But you know what? Peyton Manning ran, ran rollouts all the time. Drew Brees ran rollouts all the time. Do they prefer to stay in the pocket? Yes. And so this is what I'm saying is it still felt like a play calling issue of when push came to shove, the offense got a little stalemate, didn't Mm -hmm. it? We couldn't really get over that hump over the 49ers that we built a big lead on. There was just so many little things here and there that I still noticed that the play calling could have been way better. Um, And like where I think it was a fourth down, uh, it was like fourth and inches or something, and and we ran the ball with Jacobs, and it was like, why not just run a quarterback sneak? Mm-hmm. Why not just do that? It was at the goal line. I'm sorry. It was at the goal line. It was fourth and goal. We were trying to go for it on fourth, and we ran it to Jacobs, and they stopped him, but it was like, why not just go with the quarterback sneak? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we do that more? Uh, and Jarrett has, has been kind of, doing a good job against the Niners, get him a little more confidence, get him to do that. We never ran that with Carr either. That was another thing that I noticed is we never had these quarterback sneaks when it was short and, you know, third and short or fourth and inches or whatever. Like we just don't run those. And I don't understand why they did it with Tom Brady all the time (laughs) in new England. Um, So I just, it was the play calling was still a little iffy to me. Uh, the defense obviously let us down. I'm still going to support my Derek Carr. Um, you know, he's he's definitely uh, uh, my quarterback. He's a guy that I've followed since he's coming. Well, since he was in actually since he was in high school. I mean, he, he's been a local star here. Um, so for me, I I I think um, if Jarrett looks like this in in the game against the Chiefs, then I think we can have a serious conversation of, hey, 
Maybe let's just play him next year because I'm on the I'm on the side of the Raiders. Let, let's take Garrett Carr out of the equation. It looks done. Yeah. Okay. David went on NFL Network and had a big old rant that basically he wants out, which I understand. I'm with Derek Carr for wanting out. I 100% get it. Now, the Raiders wanting to be out on him kind of made me head scratch that, but that's neither here nor there right right now. If we're going to go after a quarterback in the draft, I would like to try and get Caleb Williams. I know everyone's saying, well, you know, we don't have a first-round pick right now. You know, we'd have to trade. Listen, I understand all that, but... My thought is if I can get Caleb Williams, who I think is going to be a very talented quarterback in the NFL, the guy had a not so good offensive line here at USC. He came in as a freshman in Oklahoma and absolutely changed Oklahoma's offense that whole year last year. Came to USC, flipped a team that only won like seven, six, seven games and flipped them to an 11-team win and almost got them into the college football playoff already, which, good thing they didn't because either teams that they would have played, they would have been destroyed. (laughs) Their defense is trash. Um, But Caleb Williams with a bad, not-so-good offensive line, he showed how talented his arm was and uh, that he is not afraid to run, and he will run, and he he is such a winner. That guy cares about winning so Mm -hmm. much. I love it. I, I really would like him. I think he's a better talent than C.J. Stroud. I think he's a better talent than Bryce Young. And I think he has um, the abilities for an NFL quarterback right now over those guys, to, in my opinion. So I would much rather if Jarrett Stidham looks like this against the Chiefs mm-hmm. or even I don't think we're going to see this from Jarrett Stidham. I got to be honest. This is a rivalry game. The Chiefs are really going to come to play because now they're going to be like, we don't want to look like the Niners who almost just gave up a game against this rookie, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, So, no, we're not going to do that. I think we're going to completely shut them down. So I think the Chiefs are going to come out and they're going to really play. So I don't think we're going to see a a three-touchdown game from Stidham. I think we'll be lucky if he throws over 300, to be perfectly honest. Um, So... If Stidham does look poised, though, if he makes plays, if he makes the games, if he makes the game close, because I'm going to pick the Chiefs in this game, if he makes the game close, then I can I can see us go. Okay, let's go with him next year. If it doesn't work out, listen, we're trying to get a better um, better draft position to where we can make a few trades uh, to entice some other teams so we can go after Caleb Williams. I'm okay with that. And Hey, if Jared Sidham looks even better then I think we can have a serious conversation of, okay, let's give him next year. And if he looks really good, he could be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. I think it's crazy that everyone's over here. Like, could we be seeing like, okay, it's one yeah. game guys. Let's give it a break. Um, and I could also see, you know, him having a horrible game and everyone, everyone in Raider Nation going, okay, are we getting Tom Brady, yeah. Mark Jackson? I mean, who are we going to get? Um, and I don't think, I don't think we should get into that right now. I think we can get into that another week. But um, listen, I'm just kind of, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's see how he does in this next game. Um, it's going to be a, a good opportunity for him to kind of go into an AFC West game a rivalry game and kind of see how he performs in that and and we'll go from there mm-hmm. but um you know there's there's a lot of scenarios that the raiders could do so but it was it was a nice it was i'll admit it's a nice sight to see i think um 
I think some of the play calls were definitely different for mm-hmm. Stidham. And I think they could have ran the same thing with Carr. That's my honest, humble opinion. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens going yep. forward. All right, Cody. The season is just about done. And we have one more week, which I think you and I believe that they're going to be playing still. Um, Even if they don't, I don't think there's much that's going to change in the perspective of this topic is who is the NFL's MVP? Okay, who do you think the MVP of the NFL is? So this to me was just the most obvious thing after, you know, this past week. And it's Jalen Hurts by a mile. Um, Jalen Hurts, the two games that he's been gone, the Eagles do not look the same. Uh, now, here's one of the things I will say. Garner Minshew look, has looked good. He's looked decent. But he is a really good backup quarterback. And I do not think that he is a franchise quarterback nor a starting quarterback that's going to lead you to the playoffs. The only reason why I say that is because there's actually a graphic that I've seen go around Instagram and Twitter where, you know, Garner Mitchu is one of the potential quarterbacks to be on the Raiders next season, which I hope not. I don't think, I don't think that that's going to do anything for the Raiders. So I'm just putting that. God, I'm just, no, please. I'm no. just putting that out there. I don't he, want now he <laughs> is a reliable backup serviceable quarterback that does not mean yeah. that I we need him starting 18 games of the season to push <laughs> for the playoffs no I don't think that that's going to work so anyways I think that j- this has basically solidified Jalen Hurts in my opinion as the NFL's MVP again and I will just repeat the two games that he has been gone the Eagles have not looked like the same offense have lost both games uh, one of them was a divisional opponent uh, and another one that just happened was a very winnable game uh, against the Saints, who haven't been having the greatest year. And Garner Minshew could not get through that defense. Uh, they picked him off. He had costly turnovers. Now, will Jalen had would have Jalen Hurts had a clean game? No, but I do think that he his rushing presence would have changed the dynamic of that defense to where they would have been more vulnerable to the explosive offense. So I do think that Jalen hurts has solidified himself as the NFL MVP. Not only has he demonstrated uh, improvement in passing and it does help that he has AJ Brown and Devonte Smith to throw it to, but he's also a heck of a rusher, man, like quarterback sneak galore. He sees a hole. He exploits it. He scores touchdowns at will essentially. And he's gotten the Eagles looking like arguably the best team in the NFL, not, just the AFC, but in the NFL, because my dream matchup would be the Eagles and the Chiefs. I think that would be a very fun Super Bowl. Um, and I think the Eagles, th- there's really nobody in the NFC that I can think of if they're if the Eagles are at their full power, who could really get in the way of the Eagles. And that's including San Francisco, in my opinion. So that's who I think is the uh, NFL MVP is Jalen Hurts. Drew, who do you think? 
What's going on, everybody? This is Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We are proud to announce that Drew Code is a proud member of the Fanatics affiliate program. If you don't know what Fanatics is, Fanatics is a one-of-a-kind, unique sports apparel website that sells officially licensed NFL, NBA, MLB, college sports, and WWE gear. Fanatics is where all your favorite leagues and teams are available to buy. Drew and I, of course, are diehard Raiders fans and Giants fans, so of course, we are going to Fanatics.com to get all of the latest gear for our teams to be the most represented. Right Right now, you can click the link in the description below to purchase your favorite team's officially licensed gear now. Follow us on social media to get the latest news on discounts and promos. We'll see you there. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I know you're expecting Micah Parsons, but I think I feel like Micah Parsons has done. He's had a really great year. Um, I think for sure he's probably going to be defensive player of the year, in my opinion. Um, but, um, I think the last few weeks that I've haven't been on here or we haven't talked about MVP, I feel like he's kind of trailed off just a little bit, or at least that defense has. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with Mahomes. Um, listen, I understand going with Jalen hurts and it's a hundred percent right. Without Jalen Hurts, we're seeing exactly what happens. But I think if you did the same thing with the Chiefs, I think you would notice how big of a factor Patrick Mahomes really is. And the reason I say that is this. Jalen Hurts added one of the best receivers in the game in A.J. Brown. They they have Devontae Smith with the second, second year now, who's looked really good. Dallas Goddard has been... Uh, a, a good tight end for a few years now that defense has gotten better. Um, you know, this is the first year that Jalen hurts has had the same quarter or uh, same coach. So that definitely helps. So he's, he's definitely in a, in a good, in the right system with the chiefs. They kind of went the opposite way. They kind of went, okay, we're going to get rid of our best receiver. We're going to get rid of our best defender. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna add Juju Smith. Who's literally not done a thing in Pittsburgh since his rookie year. Um, we're going to, uh, just go with a bunch of no name guys. We're going to switch out like four different running backs all year long. Uh, and we're going to see how Mahomes does with that. And not only has he done a phenomenal job at that, I think he's earned himself the MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes is in my opinion, the best football player in the league right now. I think he is the absolute notorious uh, goat right now for the NFL. Um, this guy, I don't know if he's ever going to, you know, get to seven championships um, as a fan of football. I hope, I hope we at least see him get close because I would love to see a Michael Jordan, LeBron James type debate with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, because most people are going to want to say Patrick Mahomes because um, he's not really easily hateable. Mm -hmm. I think everyone just always makes fun of his voice and that's about it or makes fun of his family. Yeah. Tom Brady, everyone hated him. Like everyone hated him. Now all of a sudden he's kind of become likable. But I think like this year in particular, a lot of people are like, I don't know. Is he really that right. good? Which is kind of a dumb thing to say in, in the first place anyway. But anyway, I just I would love to see that as a football fan and listen, and my I love watching 
Patrick Mahomes. I think he's phenomenal to watch. So why would I not want to continue to watch that? As a Raider fan, of course, I want to see him, you know, fail and, you know, retire early. <laughs> but I don't think he will. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm more of a football fan than, than anything else. So And I like watching greatness. Like, I've always been that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like watching Tom Brady when everyone was hating him. I love Peyton Manning. I don't think anyone hated Peyton Manning. Um, so, but I, you know what I mean? Like, I just like watching all the grades do what they do. Um, and even just because they're not part of my team doesn't mean I can't respect yeah. it. So anyway, so that's my honest opinion. Um, I don't hate the Jalen hurts. I don't want you to think I'm like Jalen hurts sucks. I can't, but no, he, he's definitely, if he won MVP, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I just think Patrick Mahomes probably is a little more deserving just because they kind of went the opposite way of the Eagles went. Uh, which actually would have been funny if the Eagles ended up getting Tyreek Hill. That would have been kind of funny because then you could be like, we could compare the two. Look at what his numbers were with Jalen Hurts and Patrick yeah. Mahomes. But luckily we don't have to do that. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say Mahomes. Here's a funny thing though. Um, Jalen Hurts has near, well, okay. I think this is where I'm actually proving your argument a little bit, but um, I will still <laughs> hold true that it's Jalen Hurts just because, I think that there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes is a, is a talent. And I think Jalen hurts has been, um, has been questioned on whether or not he can get it done. And if he's a quarterback, and I think the fact that in year three, he's taken this much of a step and not wasted the talent of AJ Brown. If anything, AJ Brown has become a, it seems like a more lethal threat now in the Eagles offense with Jalen hurts, throwing him the ball, uh, you know, Jalen hurts. I believe if I'm going to check some stats real quick, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes has thrown for 40 <laughs> passing touchdowns up to today. Okay. Now Jalen hurts, not nearly as much. I will say he's only thrown 22, but he's also rushed for 13 touchdowns. That is yeah. tied for third overall amongst all runners, um, which is impressive. However, this is where what I'm going to say is probably validating your argument a little bit is Patrick Mahomes has more passing touchdowns than Jalen hurts has total touchdowns. And, uh, you know, and again, I'm not trying to slight at Jalen hurts, but I'm just validating it. Yeah. And how many rushing touchdowns does Mahomes Mahomes have? He has four. So, So, but needless to say though, I think what I think then too, then the topic is, what do you think is more surprising Patrick Mahomes still throwing for 40 touchdowns or Jalen hurts <laughs> having so basically having this much success in year three with the Eagles. Cause again, just last season and I'll even say his rookie season when he was drafted by the Eagles, there was a lot of question marks if he's even capable of leading. Yeah. So I think the fact that he's even here, we're at that point where Patrick Mahomes, this could be, you know, second of multiple MVPs on top of MVPs that he will probably win throughout his career. But again, I think if there's no better player that should be in the conversation, I think it is, it is Patrick Mahomes. And I think maybe a third would be Joe out Al- or Josh Allen, but I would even argue maybe Joe Burrow should be thought of ahead of Joe, uh, Josh Allen, but that's another discussion maybe for another time when, uh, when we, uh, bring that up. So, Yeah. Hey, the Lakers just uh, the LeBron-less Lakers and AD-less Lakers beat the Miami Heat, who were at full capacity. So. If I'm not so, not hey, to get on go. basketball 
you know, briefly, but I think if I'm not mistaken, I talked about, I thought the heat were going to be somewhat of a play in team that they just weren't going to look as good as they did the last season. You did. And there's a lot of basketball. There, no, you're hundred percent right. Okay. But at this point right now, they are, that's not counter chickens. Well, yet. <laughs> no. well, hold on. The Lakers look like a play in team still. So they look, they look uh, better. Yeah, I mean, I in the fourth game of the season, you and I were like, this is a terrible season. And now they're looking like they're a playoff team or a play in team, not yeah. playoff play in team. But Miami Heat is straddling the 500 line and they are actually have a losing record on the road, which last season is why they were so good was on the road. They were able to take care of business and they don't seem to be doing it. And, uh, you know, I haven't really kept up with a ton of heat basketball, but just by seeing how this record is, I can tell it's probably what I was thinking of this. The core is just not there anymore. And they're probably going to need to replace some pieces. Like Kyle Lauer is probably going to be gone. Tyler, Tyler hero is probably going to be dealt even though he signed that extension. So I think there's a lot of season left to go, but it's kind of happening the way I said it was going to happen with the heat. So, you know, you don't have to bash the Lakers. You can just be like, that's a good win. No, it's and that's not. all you had to say. Could well, it for, is a good for, win, right, and you know right. it. For the Lakers not to have LeBron, and they beat arguably a, a uh, you know a playoff a good playoff team. team, arguably. Yeah, I think. But it's also, good. too, that I could be that more of an indictment on the Heat than the Lakers. So, stop saying it. Just agree with me. I, no, I don't feel like agreeing with you. <laughs> no, I, I won't. <laughs> Uh, no, it was good. I just, it was just kind of watching the last few seconds and, uh, I was, it was encouraging. Yeah. Sure. It, All and right, actually Cody. too, sorry. You got me talking basketball now. I can't stop Westbrook <laughs> looking great coming off the bench. So consistently yeah. looking good. <laughs> I mean, good for him. I'm glad that he's, he's kind of come to grips with it and it's working and well now, for him and it's working well. Yeah. For and now I don't want to trade him. So yeah. No, I'm still okay. <laughs> get you can you can still Westbrook. go. <laughs> yeah, he's still old and has a huge contract. I don't think he's playing like his contract. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's go to our last topic here, Cody, which is um, the most disappointing teams in the NFC and AFC this season. I just marked down one for each conference because. Um, okay, I just want to make sure. Um, so Cody, I will start with you. I don't know if you'd rather go NFC or AFC first. I'll kind of let you decide, but who to you is the most disappointing team in the NFC or AFC? So I'll start with the NFC. I feel like there's a ton in there. Um, and I have a lot to choose from, and I think I know which one yours is. So I won't, I won't guess, but mine for sure is um well now i'm actually second guessing just because it's either between <laughs> there's two there's two teams in my opinion in the nfc that have really been terrible all season um i think i think i'm convicted in this one though the tampa bay buccaneers in my opinion have been the most disappointing nfc team they have tom brady they basically have kept majority of all their players um, still kept, you know, the OC, uh, they had Todd Bowles as their coach, defensive style coach, which their defense has not lacked. And yet they are barely sneaking in the playoffs and probably will have either a losing record or one game above 500 record heading into the playoffs. And I think obviously with the distractions of what happened with Tom Brady in the off season, 
Um, I know that injuries have played somewhat of a part in this, but I do think too, that just Tom Brady's poor quarterback playing. Now he is second and overall passing yards in the NFL amongst all quarterbacks. I understand that, but let's all be honest. He does not look like the old Tom Brady last week. He looked pretty good. And a few weeks ago, he's looked okay. But for the most part, he's looks late on throws. He looks like he's short arming them. Uh, there's something about this team that just is not, it's probably not going to hit its full potential. And the argument could be that maybe it's the quarterback at play. Maybe it's the, it's the coaching, but I think the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably, in my opinion, in the NFC, the most disappointing team, uh, uh, the most disappointing team in that conference. Hey everybody, it's Cody with Drew Code Sports Talk. We want to give a special shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring our podcast. SeatGeek is a ticketing app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. SeatGeek is known for using a 0 to 10 scale when you're purchasing tickets to let you know if you're getting a good deal or a bad deal. And it lets you know right at the time of purchase. And right now they're giving our listeners $20 off when you use our promo code DREWCODE at the time of checkout. So go to the link in the description or download the app. Don't forget to use our promo code DREWCODE to get $20 off your first order. And we hope to see you at the next game um you know i don't hate it i just i would say i don't i i can't put them as the most disappointing team just because um they're still technically in the playoffs so i i would just say that I understand what you're saying, though. We thought this team was going to be yeah. way better, and unfortunately, they're just they're kind of barely making it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I I get that. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, it it was hard to kind of even consider them just because they're still in the playoffs. Yeah. For me, it's it's probably pretty obvious. I had really high hopes for this team. I think it's the Los Angeles yeah. Rams. Uh, the Rams. I mean, I I didn't think that losing Andrew Whitworth was going to be that drastic of a thing mm-hmm. for them. I thought Stafford was still going to be fine. He looked terrible. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was because of the injuries, which, you know, we did all this before we knew about his, his big injury um, or how serious it was. Um, you know, you know, Cooper cup yeah, <laughs> being their only receiver. We didn't know that Allen Robinson was going to be an absolute no show for the rest of the year. Um, you know, we, didn't think that this Rams defense was going to be lesser than, which they're still pretty good, but they do give up a lot of big plays. And a lot of it is Jalen Ramsey, which is kind of crazy. So, um, you know, for me, it's the Rams. I mean, I watch them a lot because my in-laws are big Rams fans. So, you know, I do pay attention to them a little bit more uh, than other teams other than my team. Um, And, um, you know, they're, they're a very disappointing team. I mean, yep. I, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I almost said the Cardinals, um, but I think the Rams are a little bit just more disappointing. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I thought, you know, there's a possibility that, okay, you know, Super Bowl after that, you know, they might kind of have a little bit of a hangover, you know, kind of might lose some weird games here and there, but I felt like they were still the stronger team of the division mm-hmm. or at least – um you know, still slightly over the 49ers, but, um, you know, obviously, obviously I was wrong. I mean, this team struggled a lot. So, and now they have no draft picks. So (laughs) it's, I mean, the Rams could possibly, I mean, we could see, uh, uh, this last for a while. 
with the Rams. And now, listen, they won a Super Bowl, so it wasn't all that mm-hmm. bad. But um, it could be bad for a couple of years before it starts getting better. So if you're a Rams fan, just be a little cautious on you know having these high hopes because, yes, Sean McVay is a great head coach, but injuries don't always go away. And um, also... You can't fix your offensive line without a few draft picks, uh, making some big signings. You're probably going to have to trade Ramsey at some point, so your defense is probably going to be um, a little lackluster at best at, at some point. Yeah. So uh, there's going to be a lot of rebuilding for the Rams, but I think they could get out of it. Um, but it's just going to it's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason for sure. So Rams definitely my uh, most disappointing NFC. It's team. funny you say the Cardinals. They were my they were the team I was wanting to pick. But I, Tampa Bay just seemed more glaring. So honorable mention to the Cardinals. They really yeah. disappointed. So I liked their defense. I, I know you were really high on them coming into the season. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I was wrong. No, no, can't be upset about that. I was completely wrong. I mean, so whatever. What I'll else is it. new for me? I mean, I've been wrong on ninety percent of the stuff, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. Me too. Hey, at least I was kind of right on the Saints. Yeah, you were. You were, everyone, everyone dogged was, you for like, oh, they're going to be was bashing me. And you're like, yeah, they barely yeah. have a winning record. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you get to laugh about it because you were more right. Look than, at us. Who thought we would be here? Not me. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> All right, Cody. So who is your most uh, disappointing AFC team besides yep. the Raiders? We already besides know. the Raiders. We're upset. <laughs> but. Uh, who is uh, your most disappointing team in the AFC? So I think there's a theme to this where the team that I picked obviously was still considered into the playoffs, but the expectations were a lot higher than what was supposed to happen. So I'm going to say that the most disappointing team for me is um, in the AFC referring to is the Miami dolphins. And the reason why is because, Obviously, they added Tyreek Hill. They still had Jalen Waddell. Uh, they had Tua at the quarterback, which this is supposed to be his coming out year. And he showed great flashes. They had a ton of great games. Most notably, that stands out to me is the comeback when they had on the Ravens where they came back from, what was it, like 30? It was like 30 to some lower score, and they beat the Ravens, and the Ravens could not stop that offense. And very glaring, very apparent. And the, the Dolphins could not keep up that momentum and, in fact, struggled with injury management with Tua, which I believe it was a game where Tua looked like he had a concussion, continued to play, and then obviously he was in concussion protocol. Then this past week, he's back in concussion protocol uh, from another play. And I think there's actually a third concussion that they're not telling us, but um you know, Tua's injuries played a huge part. Teddy Bridgewater couldn't get it done this past week. I think that the Dolphins and that high power offense, what they were supposed to be. And then again, I think they traded for um, Nick Chubb, um, not Nick Chubb, excuse me. Um, who is the, he was with the Broncos and now I'm blanking. Bradley, Bradley uh. Chubb, excuse me. Oh, Bradley Pardon Chubb. Me, not no. Nick Chubb. Bradley I like, Chubb. I was thinking running backs, yeah, and I was like, I, know. I have no idea where you're so going. So anyways, <laughs> but the Dolphins then traded for Bradley Chubb to cheer up that defense, and it's still lackluster. So I think the Dolphins had so many high expectations. They would be a team for me in the AFC that is a disappointing team for what the end results ended up being. Now, granted, the NFL is a hard league to play in, and any given Sunday things could happen, but 
I just think with the amount of retooling that they did to still only be eight and eight and on the cusp of not even getting into a wild card position, I think to me says that that's a disappointing season. In my opinion, they should have, they should be a lock into the playoff spot and they're not. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I had them pretty much a lock in the, in the yeah. playoffs. And I mean, they still could be in the playoffs. They, there still is a chance, but um, you know, uh, I thought we, I think we thought they were going to be better. Um, you know, listen, I agree with you. The whole Tua situation, that's another thing that <laughs> the NFL is going to really have to look at because, um, in my honest opinion, I think Tua should not be playing anymore, to be perfectly I, honest. I, I know that might be a hot yeah. topic and people might disagree with that wholeheartedly, but I just feel like it's not worth it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is exactly why Andrew Luck left the game because he was afraid for his overall health, his future health. And, um, you know, he was, and he was, he was bigger and stronger than Tua. So, um, you know, I, I really worry about Tua and, and, um, I would rather see him be, uh, live a a healthy, you know, prosperable Mm -hmm. life than, (laughs) you know, uh, see him struggle on the field. So, Anyway, this one is a tough one for me because as much as I want to say the Raiders, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually really wanted to say the Colts, but I'm going to go with a team that I think I had a little bit higher who I thought was going to be way better. Um, and I think we could see why they should have been better. The Denver Broncos are my most disappointing yeah. team. You got Russell Wilson. This defense is like one of the best defenses in the league. Top Mm -hmm. five, top three, I think right now, like they're a legit defense. Like the Raiders would kill to have this defense. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You know what? Derek Carr would still be playing to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. I know that's another unpopular opinion with some Raider fans, but listen, a, a lot of it was this defense giving up big leads. The Broncos have a defense that wouldn't give up any kind of lead if they had it. I mean, the Broncos defense is phenomenal. Uh, This is a crazy good defense, and yet they're 0-5 in the division. Um, They're 4-12 overall, and a lot of it was, I think, Nathaniel Hackett, which I think the Broncos did the right thing by cutting ties with him, firing him, and... I think Russell Wilson, I don't think is as bad as what he was playing like this year. I think Russell Wilson has the, and we talked about this earlier, um, earlier in the year where we said, you know, I feel like Derek Carr and Russell Wilson are kind of the same player in this perspective of they're not going to push back on their coach. They want to be respectful. They're the kind of player that is just going to do what they are told to do. Uh, they're not, uh, you know, but guys or what if they're just guys who are going to say, yes, sir. They're yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Men. Um, and I think that's who Russell Wilson is. So I do think a lot of it was Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if we'll ever see the Russell Wilson that we used to see because it looks like he's very hesitant to mm-hmm. run, which again, talking about Tua, talking about, you know, the, all these injuries that happen. I don't blame the guy for not wanting to run. You know, I know that the game is kind of moving towards that, but I mean, I'm kind of at the point where, with all these injuries and stuff, maybe they should have a rule in the NFL, which I know this is going to be a super unpopular opinion as well. It's, it's a show full of unpopular <laughs> opinions today. Um, but 
I mean, maybe they should outlaw quarterbacks running outside of the pocket. I mean, you can run side to side and try and create plays, but like you can't go across the, I mean, maybe give the defense a little bit, um, uh, give them a few plays that they can earn, you mm-hmm. know, because it feels like all the penalties or everything goes towards the offense. Mm-hmm. So maybe give the defense where the quarterback can't run. He has to uh, stay behind the line of scrimmage and has to figure out a way to get the ball out. So I think that would be interesting. I think that would make it a little more, um, you know, I think the run game would be that much more important. And uh, I think the passing game would be that that much more important. So, um, but again, I don't think they'll do that. I think that that's far from <laughs> what's going to yeah. happen. But uh, I mean, it's it, it's just it's, it is insane that the Broncos have this much talent on their team. Uh, they were talking about Javante Williams being, you know, the second coming of Terrell Davis, which I thought was completely wrong. I don't think he's yeah. that good, but I do think he was a serviceable running back. And I thought they was a good one two punch between him and Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon. The Jerry Judy is proving that he's obviously the number one receiver. Um, and um, he's a guy who's going to be very good for a while. But uh, Cortland Sutton, I thought we, I think we thought was going to be a little bit better, but he doesn't look the same ever since his mm-hmm. injuries. Um, so, I mean, there's some moves that the Broncos can make. I think offensive line has to be one of those things that they're going to have to face. And I think they're also going to have to get a running back this, this year and probably, mm-hmm. A receiver. I think they're good on defense. If they can keep majority of those guys, I think they're fine. Yeah, we'll see. They'll definitely need a head coach that's going to not not let things slide. Because from what I was at least hearing or seeing on certain reports, is Russell Wilson was getting away with a lot of things or had a lot of like had his own office, parking spaces, and maybe. You know, Russell Wilson going to Denver went to his head to where he wasn't, uh, you know, I don't want to say working as hard, but he just, he wasn't Russell Wilson of Seattle. He turned into something else. And I think maybe it showed, but also Nathaniel Hackett though, he probably wasn't even the right choice to begin with in just sheer hire from the start, regardless if it was Russell Wilson, because if I'm not mistaken, I think the Broncos hired him as a strategy to try to entice Aaron Rodgers go to Denver. And of course that didn't work. And I think they just got stuck with Nathaniel Hackett and imagine all the head coaches that they passed on. Cause if I'm not mistaken, I think Nathaniel Hackett was like one of the first coaches hired in the hiring carousel. It wasn't like he was the last. I thought he was like one of the first yeah. ones. So imagine that you, you passed yeah. on uh, who, whoever was a rookie head coach that went in. Oh, uh, Brian Dable, you passed on him. Like, look at what he did with the giants. You know, imagine if he was on the Broncos, that would, that would probably be crazy, oh, man. Know? So yeah. just a lot of things that could have been different, but I agree. I think the Broncos and Nick shout out to Nick isn't going to like this. Cause he's our uh, diehard Bronco fan. Um, you know, to think that if the Broncos offense managed 17 points, they are in like 10 of the games that they played. And I think they lost like, seven of those 10 games. So just scoring 17 yeah. points could have made them a 500 ball club team or, or whatnot. So I think that was a good choice, which is wild, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is wild that they couldn't do that. And Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to be an offensive. I mean, he's a, he's a quarterback coach. He was an offensive coordinator. So, um, 
No, I don't think he was an offensive no, coordinator. I think, I he, think was, he was an OC. I, I just think don't think he was an OC but, for very long. He was mainly a, a yeah. quarterback coach, and I think he was an OC for like as one season. And again, I think the whole Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes when he was doing his free agency tour, I think the Broncos took a gamble and figured, oh, well, how bad can Nathaniel Hackett be this bad? So, Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping is, um, well, I'm not hoping for this, but if the Raiders have another bad season next year, Cody, mm-hmm. I'm hoping we finally smart up and we go after Eric the enemy <laughs> Get him as a head coach yeah. because I feel like he was the better hire out of all the ones that were kind of linked other than, in my opinion, Jim Harbaugh. I think Jim Harbaugh might. But I thought the enemy was going to be the better yeah. fit because he was an offensive guy. They were obviously thinking about getting their offense uh, juiced up a little bit more. And what he could do for Derek Carr, I think, would be absolutely phenomenal. And I just, I felt like that was going to be the right move. Now we're stuck with Josh McDaniels, at least probably for another yeah. year. Um, I'm not going to have high expectations for the Raiders. I, I don't know. Keep me honest, Cody. I know I'll probably be like, I don't know, maybe the Raiders. No, just shut me down. If Josh McDaniels is the yeah. head coach, I'm not going to think it's going to be a Super Bowl. I definitely am not. And I'll probably. I mean, depending on what we do this yeah. offseason, I mean, granted, if Tom Brady comes, I think there is a, there's actually a chance. I know that's going to be an unpopular thing, but I do think that Tom Brady is still someone who could run Josh McDaniel's offense and excel with Devontae yeah. Adams. Um, but I think he's going to he's going to want a better offensive line, which I think he could bring some guys mm-hmm. with him. I think he's going to want a better defense, which I'm sure there are going to be guys who are going to want to play for the Raiders because Tom Brady's there, but (laughs) they're going to have to change a lot. And so I'm not sure how realistic it is. So just, I mean, this is what we thought with, with Josh McDaniels, Mm -hmm. the same thing with Nathaniel Hackett. We thought how bad could it be? I mean, you have this great offense. It's not look great. And honestly, you can say, Oh, you know, Derek Carr really look at what they did with Jared Stidham. That's fine, but the defense was still the yep. same. And the defense was horrible, and Jarrett Stidham had to run. It wasn't like he just wanted to run all this yeah. time. He had to run. So uh, there's going to be a lot that needs to be fixed, and there's conflicting reports. I've seen some reports that say, you know, Devontae Adams wants to see what the quarterback situation is going to be mm-hmm. first before he decides, I'm going to stick with the Raiders. And then I've heard that he said that he wants to be a Raider. He just wants input. Mm-hmm. Um, on the quarterback, but I kind of think that's kind of the same yeah. thing. Like, if we're going to stick with Stidham and I don't really like him, I may not yeah. be here, you know? Or if we go after Tom Brady and I'm not a Tom Brady fan, I'm not going to be here. Or maybe, hey, if we do get Tom Brady, I'm going to be here. What if they go after Gardner Minshew? If I'm Devontae Adams, I'm deuces yeah. out of here. I'm gone. I- I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going somewhere else ship me back to green bay i don't care yeah so it'll be interesting to see before we wrap let me just break down what i think will happen so i think realistically we have josh mcdaniels for at least maybe on the on the maybe on the off chance three seasons but at least four to five in my opinion because here's what i think is going to happen I don't know what we'll do in the draft. I hear it looks like that we're kind of going offensive line and possibly even defense so that it's really going to depend on what we do in the draft. But 
if our quarterback situation, which I don't know how much we're going to upgrade, if we go with Tom Brady, what are we looking like? Maybe a wild card contender. We don't beat the division in my opinion. So I think that that's out of the question, but what I see will happen is Josh McDaniels will have a one year, maybe two year quarterback, and we may see some improvement and then we'll end up happening is um, I think around two or three years, we have Devonte Adams, Hunter Winfro, Darren Waller are all up on their contracts, which means we'll offload and rebuild. But I think what will end up happening is Raider nation will then get stagnant again in all this losing. Cause I don't see us winning more than maybe seven to eight games in these, this stretch, maybe with Tom Brady, we go to 11 wins, but that's a big ask considering how this offense worked. And yes, it's all time winning as quarterback, but it's a dysfunctional situation and it's not bill Belichick running it. It's Josh McDaniels, totally different. But anyways, I think what will end up happening is Josh McDaniels probably in year five will be on the hot seat. And then we'll probably be let go at that point, just because you have five years to try to rebuild this thing into a playoffs team and it doesn't go so well. And it's going to look pretty bad in, in those five years. So, I mean, I say that too, hoping that I'm wrong, but for the most part, if this is turning out the way we think the Raiders haven't had a respectable defense in 15 years, uh, Josh McDaniels, we are probably all out on as a, as a coach. Uh, he's got to probably lose a locker room in a season or two. And I don't see it getting any better from there. Unless like all of a sudden his game plan, his adjustments change. I don't see that happening. So this could be a long four to five seasons for the Raiders. So I just want to preference that is that's how I see it playing out. I don't see it going that long. I think maybe three years if, you know, honestly, I think if Josh McDaniels is smart, he'll go after Tom Brady because I think that is a possibility that could end up saving his job. I think it's wild that people think that, oh, well, let's get Tom Brady and then we'll draft like CJ Stroud or, you know, Bryce Young if we if we can trade up or mm-hmm. something. And like that's funny that you think that Tom Brady would actually be willing to be um oh yeah, like, here, let me teach you. Let me let me tell you about how the game no. works. Because he literally had that like four times in New England yeah. and Every one of them are like, yeah, Tom never really helped me. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of on my own. Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the biggest components of that. Of like, yeah, he never helped me. I kind of had to learn by watching. Yeah, and uh, you know, fortunate enough was able to pick up the offense. So, yeah. you know, let's be real here. If we get Tom Brady, hey, maybe it works out. I think this could potentially be a playoff team. Um, you know, then then I think that saves him for another year. I don't think Tom Brady would be back after that year. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Brady's pretty much done. I mean, I think he should retire, to be perfectly Same. honest, but he probably won't. Doesn't sound like he's going to. Well, now to. that he's divorced, he's so, probably going to play till he's 55 now. Who's to stop him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I just, I just feel like, you know, there's a possibility we could see Josh McDaniels a third year, but I think you're going to see the same things where you're just going to be like, what? The the reason, and, and I do want to say this, I know we're, we're trying to wrap up here, but though I do want to say this. The reason that Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels worked for all these years is this. Tom Brady is a guy who 
went at Josh McDaniels, said, no, you're wrong. We're not going to run that. We're going to run this. Mm-hmm. No, that's dumb. This is not, that's not smart situational ball. We're going to do this. Tom Brady was that kind of person, and he should be. He's the greatest that we have ever seen so far. And and so Tom Brady has every right to say, you know, no, I'm I want to run this. Like I said, I don't believe Derek Carr was that type of a person. I don't think he ever is going to be that type of person. And that's okay. But McDaniels apparently and obviously needs that. Right. He needs that from his quarterback. Um, so that's why it would work. If you got Jimmy Garoppolo on here, I think you're going to see the same things. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Carr. I think Carr is better than Garoppolo. So, I I mean, again, that's my opinion. But I I, I think you're going to see it worse because Garoppolo is a yes-sir yeah. guy. I mean, he is a, such a yes-sir guy that he was like, yeah, grab Trey Lance. I'll stay with mm-hmm. the Niners. Like, that was wild that he stayed. I was like, dude, I would have been like, nope. You guys are on your own. Oh, Lance got mm-hmm. hurt. Oh, what a yeah. shame. I guess you should have tried to do it with me instead of him, you know, but he didn't. He was like, okay, I'll play, mm-hmm. you know, and so Tom Brady is not that kind of guy. So that's why I think it would really work with with um, Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels if Brady came to the Raiders. Lamar Jackson is another guy. I think he would actually be a guy who would kind of challenge him and he would really do well Um you know, running the football that the Raiders really haven't seen in a long mm-hmm. time. So um, I think those are two quarterbacks that could work if we were going to get a quarterback from the free agency. I don't think we can get Lamar Jackson, at least for multiple years and a big contract. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think if the Raiders were smart, they would definitely try because he could be your quarterback of the future. Um, but again, we'll see what happens. I just. It's obvious to me that Josh McDaniels needs a quarterback who has a voice who will say no or yeah we're, we'll do that or no we're not going to run that that's stupid yeah. like because that's exactly who Tom Brady right. was and that's why it worked. Agreed. So. All right, man. Uh, we got onto a uh, Raiders topic that we didn't <laughs> think we were going to. So sorry in advance, folks. But uh, you know we're very passionate about the Raiders and. If there's five years of Josh McDaniels, I'm not sure I'm, I'm willing to have any of these conversations. I'm going to be like, you know what? Let me know when <laughs> McDaniels is gone, and then we can talk Raider football again. But I know at least for next year, we're still going to be talking about it. But we'll see who the quarterback is. Yeah, that'll be that'll be so, I think the most interesting. I'm still hoping that uh, you know we get a respectable quarterback. Again, I've seen. S- I've seen something about Aaron Rodgers potentially, which I doubt I've seen Tom Brady is probably the most I've seen floated around. Um, So, I mean, we will see, it's going to be an interesting off season and uh, you know, who knows what the Raiders are going to do. We thought that they were a playoff caliber team and they turned out to be one of the most dysfunctional teams that we've seen (laughs) in a long time and in a short amount of time, I would say too. So, Yep. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Um, I will run through these real quick. Go check out all of our social media. We are on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
YouTube. Go subscribe on YouTube. Um, you know, like, comment on all the videos. We always want to hear from you guys. Uh, hey, we've had a topic about what you guys have said on our YouTube page. So if uh, you kind of want to go at us a little bit or if you want to you know, say, hey, I completely agree. You know, we want to hear from you. We definitely do. Uh, but, you know, make sure your your uh, comment that you're saying is actually valid because <laughs> I felt like the uh, Herbert's uh, Burrow debate that we were saying, like, it wasn't like we were bashing Herbert and everyone was like, I can't believe you guys are saying that Herbert sucks. And we're like, we never said Herbert. We said we would take Herbert in a heartbeat as our quarterback. We never said Herbert was trash. But anyway, um, so if you guys uh, want to comment and possibly have a topic on our show, please comment on that. Uh, we always would love to hear from you. Um, and then also, you know, subscribe to our podcast, which we're on all the major podcast sites, Spotify, um, iHeart, and uh, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, all of them do help. Uh, we always want to get better. So if it's one star, just let us know what, what you didn't like so we can improve on that. If it is a five star, please let us know what you enjoyed about our show so that way we can uh, continue to uh, build on that. We always appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks to our partners over at fnxfit.com. You'll see links in the uh, description in the podcast, in uh, all of our social media sites, YouTube, all that jazz. Um, partners over at uh, Fanatics. Go get some uh, Fanatics gear. Use, uh, use our link uh, so that way you can help support our podcast. And as well, uh, thanks to SeatGeek, where you can actually get um, a discount on your first purchase using SeatGeek by using our promo code. So go ahead and use all that. Um, you know, we appreciate the partnerships that we have with them. So thank you to all those. And we hope that 2023 becomes even bigger uh, for this podcast. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Cody, I'll let you finish. Just a quick reminder, guys, don't forget to visit us at DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. We have our website up there. I usually post the up-to-date episodes on there from the podcast if you want to listen to it. So uh, usually it comes from Spotify, but again, if you guys just want to go to our website, you guys can listen to it there too. I usually also post the latest and up-to-date YouTube videos in case you guys want to watch those. Also, all the links that Drew just described that is not only in in the description of this episode and of our YouTube channel, it is also on our website as well so go check that out and uh i will be talking i've actually been talking to drew about it for the last uh, few weeks but we have some very important stuff that's coming out very soon so as soon as uh you know everything gets all lined up we're going to be sharing that with you guys and it's super 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 exciting so i cannot wait for it and i hope drew feels the same and i think he does i think he's just he holds it in a lot better than i do so anyways but we appreciate you guys thank you guys for uh joining us on our first episode of 2023 we'll catch you guys next week well, yeah. yeah so yeah I think it's, of that. The <laughs> new, it's the first episode of the year man did you know it seems like another day to me as i'm getting older uh you know january 1st is just another freaking day i'm just glad that christmas is over because i was so broke (laughs) i think we can all agree on that so all right guys so thank you guys so much for listening uh we appreciate you guys we'll see you guys next week drew i'll probably see in the morning as usual so we'll see you yep see you